Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. Really what we care is going to be is that we're really trying to make early childcare sustainable. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Brian Switchko of One Inc. We are a creative cohort and storytelling studio based in Los Angeles. I've been a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast since the beginning. I've been a member of the We Are LA Tech community since the beginning. I am so happy and grateful to have known Esprit and watched the genesis of both. Um, but I've remained a listener because of the warmth that she shares with her listeners and her audience, but also the space that she makes uh, for her, her guests and the stories that come from that. And then also to know that those stories aren't just stories. They aren't just content. Uh, they're a part of a community and that community is something that can be experienced in so many different ways. And the times that I've been able to meet other people and connect with them from the community have resulted in meaningful relationships and potent business partnerships. And you know, at so many situations where I can track back person to person, situation to situation over months and years um, and, and just point to a spree as the catalyst for, for what, you know, you look back and it's just, it's just magic. Uh, I'm so happy and grateful for a spree and the We Are LA Tech community. I will continue listening, participating, and happily cheering for a very long time to come. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Hello, hello. Today's personal spot. I am walking on Montana in Santa Monica, and I finally, finally, finally took some time to go to the beach and just nourish myself with the outside and the sun. And I think it's so important as entrepreneurs that we really do take that time off and decompress and be off of technology and social networks and not just inside of our brains doing the hustle grind stuff because we get lost. I think it opens up doors to creativity when we do take the space to rest and relax. And I know it's so hard to do as driven people, but it's essential for us to be the best leaders and professionals that we can be. So I know that I'm really grateful that I took today to enjoy actually living off of my phone. And I hope this kind of invites you to do the same from time to time. All right, enjoy the next episode. Welcome back to 
the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA Tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest. Welcome, Jessica. Hello. Hi, everyone. It's nice to be here. Looking forward to sharing your story with everyone. To kick things off, go ahead and share a little bit about who you are and what you do. I'm Jessica. (laughs) I'm actually the CEO and co-founder of a startup called WeCare. We are actually in the childcare space. So we are a childcare marketplace to actually help families find affordable and convenient care because it's really hard, especially now. And then at the same time, we're actually helping small business providers with their own businesses and really giving them a business in a box solution that they can operate out of their pocket. And when did you first become interested in technology? Oh, way earlier. (laughs) Well, first thing, I graduated out of UC Berkeley. So we were in the tech center back then. So that may age me just a little bit. And I remember I used to participate in tech competitions, consulting competitions, and it was always about creating new things. I remember I participated one that was like a Netgear competition and it was... Netgear. That was a big deal. That was a big deal back in the day. They actually wanted to do a whole like, you know, what Amazon has basically done right now. It's like, how do I control my whole house off of my router? They had the thought process back in the days. It's too bad they didn't take advantage of it. (laughs) How did you parlay that initial interest in technology into becoming a founder of a company? Yeah. So, you know, did a lot of tech stuff in college. And then I did a lot of finance because that was kind of the thing to do when you graduate out of the business school. You're like, hey, like, what are you going to do? I'm going to go into finance, become an investment banker, hopefully make enough money to pay off student loans. So spent a number of years in finance. And then, you know, what really kind of got me back in was, this was right after like the financial crisis. I was exhausted, working countless hours and really not getting much out of it had a great background, but I thought I was like, I really wanted to do something myself. And at that time, tech was doing pretty well. So that's actually how I went into technology. And then after I kind of got the entrepreneur bug of working in startups, I stayed in it. And really what ended up making me a founder was actually kind of more personal, right? I was doing, you know, real estate tech companies, healthcare tech companies, always loving to be in tech, but never a founder. And then I ended up actually getting pregnant. And then I realized how hard it was to find childcare, like really, really hard, probably harder than like, I was literally pulling like all nighters getting super stressed out. Cause I was like, there's nothing open. And I remember telling my husband this and I was like, there's literally nothing open. And if I'm going to go back to work, I'm not going to have any childcare. It's just not going to happen. And I remember talking to him about it and he was like, oh, maybe we have to like quit our job. Like one of us has to quit our job. And I was like, well, I don't want to quit my job. (laughs) And that was kind of weighing really heavy on me because I was like, I've never been put in a situation where I had to really be like, I don't have a choice. It's either my family or my career. And that's actually what was the trigger point. I was like, okay, someone's got to solve it. And I think I can be the one to solve it. And that's actually how I became a founder of WeCare. What does your day-to-day look like, especially now? What does your pandemic day-to-day look like? I feel like I'm juggling everything in the air and hoping that something doesn't fall through the crack. So I've got two kids. So both my kids are really young. One's a toddler and one's a preschooler, essentially. And, you know, my day-to-day is getting woken up at like 6 a.m. in the morning by one of my kids jumping onto our bed. (laughs) That just naturally happens. 
really cute, but like lack of sleep. <laughs> and then it, it's about, you know, both my kids are going to WeCares. So, you know, this is, I'm a true believer of my own product. So, and then the day, like both my kids are in a WeCare and that actually creates a lot of stability for both my husband and myself who are like working super hard during this period of time. But we wake up at 6 a.m., we get the kids ready for school. And that's usually just a mad rush of like, oh my God, you got to have breakfast. Got to make sure you have lunch and then make sure you're dressed. Wear your socks. <laughs> it's a lot of that. And then, you know, sending them to school. And then, you know, that gives us peace and quiet afterwards. So after that, we're spending, you know, a couple of hours just working on our day. Like my day is usually like, soon as the morning, like I start, I get my cup of coffee and I get flooded by emails from the night before. And I'm like, when do people have time to write these emails? Or I get Slack messages. So I'm like, okay, I got to spend some time getting those through the door. And then I'm just working on what I would consider like high level strategy ideas, talking to potential, some of our enterprise clients, making sure that they're happy. They always like to hear from the CEO, give some priority kind of parts. And then catching up with my team, making sure that they have everything that they need to be successful for the day or the week. Usually <laughs> by the time afternoon comes around, I probably forget about eating. So I'm like scrambling through my refrigerator to see what I can make off of like 10 minutes. And then it's kind of back to doing that same thing. And then around, I would say about 4.30, that's when I get my kids from school. They're a little bit hectic and we're trying to continue to work to around six or seven. They got to get food in their mouth, got to get a bath. They're out to sleep by 8.30 and then... Well, most of the time, me and my husband are back at work again after 8.30. But sometimes, if we're lucky, we actually have some time to ourselves. So then it's like a nice bottle of wine and some Netflix, and that's the day. <laughs> so when was We Care founded? Uh, officially, we were founded in September 2017. Um, but prior to that, we spent a couple of years understanding the childcare marketplace, even running it ourselves. So there has been a lot of... Um, prior uh, operations-based roles to kind of really figure out like, okay, what is the ecosystem? How do we help it? And what is the right solution? And how many people are on the team now? Yeah. So our team has roughly right now about 20 people that are based in Los Angeles. And we have a number of individuals that are outside of LA because with remote working, we have that flexibility. And I, I think that's been pretty awesome for a lot of people. What's the future of WeCare? Where do you see WeCare going? You know, um, childcare is such a big issue. And I think the pandemic has probably made it significantly worse in terms of availability. But also at the same time, it's accelerated people's realization that childcare is super important. Especially now that families are stuck at home with their own kids and they're just like, uh, how do I tell their teachers that they're wonderful and great people? So when and it comes to that question, really what we care is going to be is that we're really trying to make early childcare sustainable. And with that, there's so many different parts to make that successful. There is how do we help families? How do we help those that are providing care? So our providers but how do we also get employers involved too? Because that's kind of that triangle, right? Like you wouldn't need childcare unless you actually had your, you know, working, right? And so those are super important on how we connect all three of those dots and support that community and then actually be able to create a sustainable 
childcare solution across the nation, maybe even globally, to answer like, hey, when it comes to finding childcare, it shouldn't be a hard thing. When it comes to starting a business and keeping teachers in childcare, it shouldn't be hard to pay them right. So what resources have you accessed here in LA in order to accelerate We Care Forward? In the beginning, when we started We Care, we made a strategic decision to start the company in Los Angeles. And there's a lot of reasons why it wasn't SF, for example, where most tech companies are. And it's because of our ecosystem. LA, specifically, you can find so many different types of, for example, urban, suburban, even rural. It's so large. You can define different ethnicity groups. You can also see how middle class or lower income or higher wealthier individuals live. And and there's so many different pockets. Because we were, were a marketplace and we were specifically addressing daycare, this is actually the best type of ecosystem to actually start a company that was specifically focused on early childcare. So we can see like, how does a daycare look in a wealthy area? How does a daycare look in a primarily Latin American speaking area? How does it look when it's in a more rural area in Los Angeles? So this was a key for us to actually really test out our product to make sure that it works for every American out there. I know with the pandemic, it's hard to really meet people, but I'm curious, who's someone in Los Angeles that you've potentially come across or stumbled upon, a person or an LA tech company that you'd really recommend we check out and follow? This isn't specifically to a tech company, but I I think because of this pandemic, we've actually seen the city of LA really start stepping up, right? Compared to other cities, like LA was first on many different things. And one of the things that they decided that they were going to do was, hey, we got to support childcare and we got to support essential workers. So we had the pleasure of actually partnering with the city of LA on their April initiative. So this is even before everyone else was doing it to actually say like, hey, we're going to support essential workers. We're going to help them find childcare when they need it because they're our frontline workers. And if they don't have any help, there's no way to do it. And it was amazing to see how well our city responded earlier on to the pandemic and to help out those that we needed the most. And why do you choose Marina Del Rey as the home base for WeCare? Why was that the perfect fit for your company? You know, we've always been a very diverse company. If you look at like, I think there's a picture of us on our website, but it literally looks like we're about 80% female, first of all, which was really important to me. And we're probably majority minorities, which is also really cool. And it's not very often that you see that in tech companies. So when it came to that, many of our employees don't live, for example, in West LA. They live all across in the Valley, all the way down South, even in Orange County. So we had to come up with a place that people wanted to work and was also easy to get to. And that was kind of Marina Del Rey. Like one, it's like right next to you, seawater, there's tons of food places, but it's also a cross section of major highways too. And so that was really great for us and also meant that we had a lot of parking too. (laughs) Tell me how hiring has been in LA. You know, that's kind of interesting because I remember our investors were like, hey, if you are starting in LA, you might not have the best type of talent here. And I was like, wait a minute, it's just absolutely not true. And you know, it's, it's actually been a real pleasure hiring in Los Angeles. You actually have great engineers here that uh, are just down to earth. 
you know, you don't, they're not chasing them and going like, Oh, join my company and I'll pay you like 300,000. Right. You actually have real people that are like, look, I'm, I'm a good engineer and I'm fairly paid and I love your mission. But you also have a lot of salespeople, operations people, and people with a lot of different backgrounds. Like, you know, in the beginning when we were starting the company, we were focused on doing really good customer service because you were dealing with children. And what we found was the best types of people for customer service were actually actors. And we have a lot of them in Los Angeles, but because they were able to relate to people and they understood. And so I think we've actually had an opportunity and been lucky to have hired in Los Angeles because there's such a great array of talent here that spans not just from engineering, but to sales, to operations, to customer service. And those are really key and important to actually make a company successful. I think what's also important, and I think this is very specific to female founders, is the type of ecosystem that you're in, right? When I graduate college, I worked in San Francisco and found that majority of my colleagues were men. And it was really hard because you were trying to make, you're like, yeah, hey, treat me equally. <laughs> I'm going to work even harder just to prove that I can do more than you. And it wasn't really inducing of like for a female community, but I think Los Angeles has been very different on that. We just in general see a lot more female entrepreneurs and a great community of female tech founders that are willing to support each other and tell them, and people respect that. And also at the same time, you're also seeing a lot of female investors too in LA, way more than you do in San Francisco. And these are actual partners that make decisions. And that's great because you have entrepreneurs, you have founders, and you have the actual investors that are really keen on investing in females. And I think that is specific to Los Angeles that you can't really find anywhere else. One question I love to ask is, I'm just like in love with productivity tools. What's your favorite tool? It could be app, website, software, hardware. What's one that I must check out that is your absolute favorite? Oh, man, this is, you know, I, this is going to sound really bad, but this is very COVID specific because we're all stuck at home and I need what I could call retail therapy. Let's all be honest. <laughs> Are you about to say Amazon? Yes, I'm about to say Amazon. It is, look, look, the reason why I say this is it keeps me sane, right? So I can't go to the grocery store. So what do I do? I'm going on Whole Foods, buying groceries. My kid's toy doesn't make it a sound and is driving me nuts. And he's like screaming on the top of his lungs. I go to Amazon and be like, get me batteries, send it to me tomorrow. So I know this sounds bad, but literally on Amazon almost every day to keep my family sane. And that makes me like happy. But I think the other one, like I would say for me personally would be like Headspace right now. And to be honest, I'm a little bit like <laughs> a little bit cheap. And they were offering everyone in LA um, subscriptions, premium subscriptions till the end of this year. So I was like, oh, I'll take advantage of this. And it's been really nice. Just like that is one of the parts that I would say my individual time is made up of is like, how do I meditate and kind of keep myself grounded and make sure that I am good for work and also good for my family. So, I mean, it's hard. I mean, this year has been really hard. I don't want to make it sound any easier and it shouldn't be any easier, but there are things that we can do for ourselves to keep ourselves better. And that's the only way that we can serve others. 
Totally agree. And a piece of advice you've gotten in your career that has helped accelerate you forward. I feel like my dad has given me really great advice. And maybe at that time, I could not understand it because he used to sit me down um, when I was in high school and just be like, look, you know, this is what you got to plan for in your future. I also remember I, he like said something really smart to me when I was in high school. He was like, look, you like to spend money. You like to buy things. If you're going to do that, you're going to have to be in finance because that's going to make you money. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? Why am I not like pursuing my passion? But it kind of made sense. But I think the best advice he ever gave me was like, my dad's an entrepreneur and a pretty successful entrepreneur. I think really early on, he was like, look, I'm just going to go and create something. And I think a lot of people, because I actually grew up in China, a lot of people um, in China are actually entrepreneurs. They're, they're like their own startup founders, right? And they have crazy ideas that they just go and pursue. And one of the best advice my dad gave me was he's like, look, like starting a company is like running a marathon. Like you're a marathon runner. In the beginning, it's super easy because you're not out of breath yet. And so it's like, hey, you're running and it feels great. You're looking at like the sky and it's cool. And then midway through, there's going to be ups and downs and you literally are going to be super tired, right? And it's like in the middle, this is when you're like, I want to quit right now. <laughs> like I can't, I can't run another 13 miles. This is crazy, right? you're going to have a lot of self-doubt. Like you're going to be like, oh, should I quit? Should I not quit? Like, how am I going to get through another like 13 miles? And then in the end, you literally are going to be tired and it's going to feel like you can't make it. And literally it's like mind over body, you're dragging yourself over. But as soon as you get to the end, it's literally the best satisfaction you've ever felt. So that's how my dad always thinks. It's like, like this is a long road. It's not a sprint. You've got to work at it. It might seem easy in the beginning, but you've got to really put in the hours and times. And sometimes you're going to doubt yourself, but you got to pull through because once you get to the end, it's going to be the best satisfaction. And it's going to feel like you've achieved something greater than anything you've ever done. I love that. I love that. Cheers to your dad. I know. He's so smart. <laughs> Is there a book you've read recently or a book that's just a favorite that you'd recommend us read? Recent books I've been reading are children's books for my own kids, but there's a there's some like greatness about children books that I like have recently discovered. But <laughs> if you want me to say that. But <laughs> that works. How can people connect with you further? We do have a Twitter handle for our company. So you just go to at WeCareCO to connect with us on Twitter. Or you can just email me. I know this is really bad, but jessica at wecare.co. And I actually reply to all my emails. That's not bad at all. That's awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we start to wrap up? I know this is probably going to be a little bit of a plug. <laughs> you know, what's great is that as female tech founders, there's not that many of us out there, right? And I always encourage women, like no matter how hard it is, like you got to just do it right? You can always convince yourself of why it doesn't make sense to do it. But if you never try, it's always going to be zero, right? So if you do, you have a chance that it is going to work out. So I always encourage, especially women, we always self-doubt more than men, I think. Like, just look at others, be inspired, go talk to other females. We're very supportive and go strive for your passion. If you need childcare, give us a call. <laughs> this will help you make sure that you can go for your dreams. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. Remember to connect and collaborate with the LA Tech community. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Jessica Chang. I'm the CEO and co-founder of WeCare. We are an early childcare marketplace. I'm based in Mar Vista, Los Angeles, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Anna Freebay. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.